he's never seen me fight live. He, he his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be. I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. Are you going to split your bonus with him if you get it? No, definitely. But he says he's going to split. Um, he's signed up, isn't it? He's already. Yeah, Paul's really nice like that. You know, he doesn't need the money. In fair, he just jacked up him walking on. The chap's loud. dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Good morning, everybody. The newest episode of the Severe May podcast is officially in your life. And Sean, I don't know about you. But I'm feeling... <laughs> But I'm feeling 22. Episode 22 of the Severe May podcast here. We were torn off air. We tried so this once. The so one time we tried to plan the start and I just bailed out immediately. Just completely backed out of it. You left me in dry. It was, it is also, you could say, the, the Taylor Swift appreciation episode for the girl who just rocked the three arena for the last two nights. Sean, I know you're at both concerts. Don't even lie. I would have been though. I like Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is a great girl, I have to say. She was uh, spotted in Dublin on a date with her boyfriend. Wow. Who's her boyfriend, I wonder? Calvin Harris. Oh, really? Yeah. A prick. What do you mean, prick? I don't like him. Oh, he can do better. No, uh, Calvin Harris is one of the coolest. Before we get bogged down in it, we're going to continue this Calvin Harris discussion. Also, <laughs> 22 also signifies one of the greatest Irish players to ever play international football for us, John O'Shea. Quick round of applause, please, Sean. Man United stalwart, left back, right back, in the midfield, in goal. Striker, oh. keeper, what else could he do? He could do absolutely anything. Legend. Back to Calvin Harris. I'm going to d- discuss this with you here now. Calvin Harris is actually uh, a hero. Back in 2008 or seven, when his album Ready for the Weekend came out, um, he used to do hilarious videos on his YouTube account of like doing MTV Cribs, but he was... A music producer that lived in a one-bedroomed house or oh, yeah. flat in the shittest area in Scotland <laughs> possible, and he's very, very funny. Now he's sold out. He's gone and become an Armani model or a Calvin Klein model or something like that. Don't they all? Fucking bastard. Anyway, that's only the first swear of many of this episode. Um, before we get on to Jose Aldo and Conor McGregor, Sean Sheehan has been boasting all evening, all day, all night on the Severe MMA WhatsApp group about how his Twitter followers are just shooting up through the roof and how he's overtaken other notable MMA figures in the community. Um, but we're still gunning after Peter Carroll's blue tick. Wanker. So if you, want to, like if you want to contribute to the revolution, Sean, how many followers have you got at the minute? Um, 2000. Oh, I'll just check. I don't know off the top <laughs> of my head. 2,728. And if people would like to get in on the Sean Sheehan action. At Sean Sheehan Ba. Like what? a sheep. Is that what that is? Is Does the BA not stand for something? It was like BA because I have a Bachelor in Arts. Ah. I, I thought it was like a country thing like, well, Ba. Uh, um, it turned, I, was, uh, I put up a tweet there before and they read it out on the Republic of Telly. And they read it out as Sean Sheehan Ba. So ever since then, I've been calling it Sean Sheehan Ba. There you go. I'm Andrew McGann underscore, and I got a tweet from someone during the week, or from during the night, actually, uh, congratulating me on my third thousand follower. And I think he was my third, the three thousand follower. I think he may have just been waiting, and then he wanted to say he was that, uh, that man. I'm just trying to find his name here, because 
He said he's a fan of the podcast show. And all, all we do is live for nice tweets about people that enjoy 60 Indeed. minutes of our audio every uh, every week. His name is Chris. His name is Chris. Anyway. Actually, we've get, most of the tweets we've been getting in the last 24 hours haven't been no. of that nature. Why? Why? What happened? Did, any, did something happen? I've been asleep. I don't think so. Did, did anything happen? Nah. How's it? Jose Aldo's still fighting Conor McGregor, isn't he? Fingers in the ears. Head under the pillow. Fuck. Fuck. Sure, he's a pussy, Sean. He's only a pussy, but he's afraid of Conor McGregor. There's fuck all wrong with him. The UFC are going to make him come to Dublin now, hey? Yeah. Fight the three arena. They're going to go from eight. Thousand in the MGM to nine with no pay per view in the three arena. He's, he's got to fight at two o'clock in the day in America on television. You're That's in for it now, happen. Aldo. You're in for it. Nine thousand Irish people hooting and hollering at you. Hooting and hollering, right? <sighs> now, that, now that we have the negative remarks out of our system, oh. let's look at the, let's look okay. at the positive. For Irish yeah. fans traveling to Las Vegas, Conor McGregor is still fighting. For the UFC, who are desperately, 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 desperate to get a title of some form on Conor McGregor. They still have him fighting for an interim title fight. Chad Mendes, not going to argue with that. He's one of the best 145 pounders in the world. But I do think there is a sense of deep disappointment from fans, the UFC, and the fighter, and Conor McGregor alike, that he won't get to fight Jose Aldo on the 11th of July. Yeah, like, that, people... When, like Irish people mostly were coming out saying last night, everyone really, but when Irish people were saying that, most people were like saying, oh, you're disappointed because now he has to fight Chad Mendes. But someone actually said it to me and I was like, no, I'd be disappointed if this happened with kind of anyone because the real belt is not gone now. Like if, if this was a huge fight, like say, the Cormier and Jones fight or any of those big fights for a title and the champion had to pull out two weeks before they brought in an interim title, especially one as hyped as this, it's it's not really it's not the same, but it's still great. Like as I said last night, when when the article went up in Sevilla, like this is still a smashing fight, still a great fight between uh, between Mendes and McGregor. But it's just the initial disappointment, like of of Aldo pulling out. It's awful, like because you want the real title on the line when when you're above the welterweight title when you're on international fight week. Like, this was supposed to be the coming out party for McGregor. Even if, like, I'm not saying just if he won, like, this was... What, he's gay? Re- <laughs> Don't put gay Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Like, even if, um... Even if he was to lose, like, this this was his first foray into the true elite martial arts against Jose Aldo. And it's still that way against Chad Mendes. But it's, you know, it's, it's just not as good. Um... It's still great. It's still great. We'll, we'll get into the fight later on. But what was your initial, what was your initial reaction to Aldo Vino? Uh I think it was kind of like the only way I could describe it is if maybe, say, if a girl said something to you like, like she gives you back your hoodies or something like that, and you think, all right, so what? But then two weeks later, she breaks up with you. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's like, I should have saw this coming. Seen it coming, yeah. And that's pretty much, um, that was a great high school movie-esque example, I think, I give there. Uh, oh, sorry if I've touched on any heartstrings for anyone that may be listening and has had that done, <laughs> has had that done to them. The podcast has now been thrown out their window. 
Um, but on the other side of that, I think the fact that we thought something like this could happen was better. I would, mu- looking back on it now, the benefit of hindsight, I'm much happier that we found out a week ago that Aldo hurt his, hurt his rib than it being kept internally and only finding out now. Um, well, when he hurt his rib and when like the UFC came out and said he'd still fight, I genuinely thought he would still fight. And I said it, probably I said it last week, and or, or maybe it wasn't last week, but I've said it on Twitter and stuff. I thought he'd still fight when they got the results back and stuff. Like, I because don't... UFC, the UFC have to like promote the Mendes fight, but they've given themselves enough time. I think they gave Aldo like whatever it was a week. Yeah, it was this day last week, wasn't it? Was enough. Yeah. So they gave him a week to um to see if he could make it, and he fair enough, he couldn't, and they brought Mendes in. At least the one saving grace is they're doing now. What are we, July first? So we're ten days out from the fight. At least now we've ten days to prepare for the Mendes fight. We know what's going on. It's not a case of like John Kavanagh spoke about it last week that oh we're going to turn up at the wins and find out who it is or the day before the fight. The, Which the would have been better. I think it would have been terrible. Like especially like if you're looking at from my point of view. My fucking articles I've written. Oh, my, yeah. pre- my preview of Jose Aldo versus Conor McGregor. Just fucking down the drain. Useless. I have four hours to write <laughs> to write up new articles about uh, uh, Chad Mendes versus Conor McGregor and stuff. But, um, Get I think, I think it's good that they've given everyone ten days to, to become accustomed to it. Um, I, you know anything? Uh, I, I don't know. There's, there's something about it. I think... Like even now Aldo's been thrown under the bus and it's the most ridiculous thing possible I fully believe Aldo can still fight on the 11th of July I do think the extensive exercise that he would need to do to be able to cut the weight is what's pulling him from this fight I don't believe that the rib is too sore to fight I think it's that he's not able to cut the weight because if he's been cleared by doctors saying that it's only a bruised rib and he would be able to fight then that's okay but then again you've got fucking idiots coming out and being like oh Dan Henderson fought with this injury and who else fought with it recently Uh, Dan Cerrone Donald Cerrone like no two injuries are the same do you know that's like saying a leg break like Eduardo's leg break was as bad as Gibral Cissé's leg break all of those years again when both of them were horrific in their own right I think it's Gibral Cissé that I'm thinking of yeah because it rolled off my tongue so seamlessly it must have been correct otherwise I was bullshitting big time he broke his leg like two or three times. Yeah, he's a notorious leg breaker. Yeah. But, and then, I just think Dana White, I, I couldn't believe it yesterday, watching Ariel Havani's interviews. They were some of the best interviews that he's ever done, either between Rousey, Conor McGregor, and Lorenzo. But the one, I can see why the UFC, why Dana doesn't do as much interviews anymore, because some of the stuff he was saying, like, I do, the last thing I want to hear in an interview is Dana White criticising a gym's sparring or activity or how they get ready for a fight and he's saying like why was that guy throwing a spinning back kick have you not seen conor mcgregor's last three fights it's pretty much all he's gonna throw to close distance on aldo he's gonna be throwing those side kicks he's gonna be throwing all of that stuff like dana doesn't do him do the ufc or himself any favors with some of the comments especially about the reebok gear which we'll get to a little bit later on at the end of the day they should have just said jose aldo our longest reigning champion, blah, blah, blah. He's hurt himself. We're going to reschedule this fight for later in the year. You don't need to come out and tell everyone that you're pissed at him or throw him under the bus because of the amount of money you've spent marketing this fight or because of how big a draw it was going to be on pay-per-view. That's not how you treat your most dominant champion. 
Yeah. My my whole thing on Aldo is And he's a thing pussy. About, and he's, <laughs> my thing about Dana White Okay, I think he has a bit of a point about you need to be smarter in training. Like I think it's more he's saying about throwing spinning back fair enough, but this training on sweaty mats and fucking slipping around the place yeah. that's the thing that can change. <laughs> like he has a point there. Um I think the like Conor McGregor did it right, and a lot of people have spoken about he what do you call it the evolution of fight camps and so. Like he's training, uh, Jose Aldo's training over in Novo and like Finn and Burrow's preparing for a fight. There's probably a lot of more guys preparing for a fight, but look, my my whole thing is lots of people had their opinions. They called him a pussy and all for pulling out. I think it's a, a brave decision because. He could have taken that fight, right? And as you said there, the rib probably would have held up enough for him to fight. Cottonway would have been tough. He probably would have made it. He's a, he's a tough man. Like he he probably would have got through it. <clears throat> but would he be he would he be in being in good enough shape to win the fight, or even to give Conor McGregor a good matchup? That's the question you used to ask. And when we say there's a bone bruise or whatever, there's conflicting rumors. Conflicting reports. The Brazilian doctor said it's fractured. The American ones, which were provided by the UFC, said it was only a bone bruise. So there's that as well. But like, this decision was tough. Like, if I'm looking at it from that point of view, and I say I have to go in and I have to fight someone in a ten days' notice with a bruised rib, and I'm gonna pick up my fucking three million dollars or whatever. I'd, yeah, I'll do that. No bother. I'll fight. But if you have the mentality of Jose Aldo. And you're a champion for what is it like six years? You're undefeated for ten years. You have to have a mentality that you're the best in the world, that you're the champion, and you want to win every time you go in there. And you're not going to take a fight where you think you're going to lose because of something that's not under your control. Um, I'm sure he trained very hard. I'm sure he was as confident yeah, in his game as ever definitely. that he wanted to fight Connor as much as possible. But <laughs> unfortunately. People are saying he's afraid of Conor McGregor. He's not fucking afraid of Conor McGregor. Do you Come know? You fair enough. You want to say like Conor McGregor's going to beat him, or he's going to be Conor McGregor. No, they're not afraid of each other. You don't get to the fucking poor there in the world by being by being afraid of people. They fight anyone in the world. That's a fucking. That's ridiculous. Like, Do you know what would be a great solution to that? What? Make him fight Conor McGregor in the three arena in October. Eight thousand eight hundred forty-three. People from <laughs> from all over the country. And the we the have the world <laughs> watching. <laughs> Andy Freelander. Oh. Oh right. Let's get. It's it's just maybe Sean. Maybe deep down, I'm using humor to get through the sadness. The, uh, the it, it We is were this close. Sadness and everything. Yeah. It's fucking awful. Finally, let's talk about the Mendez fight. Do you think how yeah. does it go for Connor? I still have to watch tape and stuff on it, but my initial sorry, have you not seen Chad Mendez? I've seen him fight, but taken off the off the off the hip shot. No scope it. See, there's two ways of watching people fight. Oh, like. he thinks Connor's gonna lose. No, 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 I didn't say that. No, actually, quite the contrary. In fact, um, there's a way what like you watch fights, but then you watch them like how would they fight. If they're fighting this way against someone else, how would that work out and stuff? But anyway, uh, Chad Mendes, he has, what is it, like, a, is an 8 or 12-inch reach disadvantage on Conor McGregor? It's big anyway. It's, I, I can't remember what it was the last time I was looking at it, but... Um, 
what he's very good is power doubles getting inside and landing those power doubles and getting inside and landing power shots I think he might be able to get inside and land a couple of power shots when Conor McGregor's backing up. McGregor tends to back up uh, with kind of his head in the air and he goes straight back and he shots like yet one against uh, Poirier. Although he doesn't eat that many shots, he, he's, been, he's uh, at one or two. These are probably the two hardest hitting fighters in the featherweight division. I think McGregor's the hardest hitting I think Mendes is second. Um, I, I think Mendes is going to have trouble taking him down, I have to be honest, because... We, okay, we know Mendez's wrestling ability is really good. He's his power doubles on leaving. He probably will take him down at some stage in the fight. But I think he's such a size disadvantage that it's going to be hard to get inside. Mendez is a kind of a... Like, he's with that size disadvantage. He, he's with the height disadvantage, we'll say, and reach disadvantage. He makes up for it in, in like, muscle and stuff. Conor McGregor's called him bodybuilder before, like a blown-up 135-pounder, and, like... That takes away a bit of your speed. I think McGregor, even though he's big and tall, I think he's very, very fast and his footwork is good. Uh, I think he'll be able to dodge a lot of those takedown attempts, but I, I don't think he's going to be able to not like you. I don't think he's going to be able to knock him out quickly. Like if he was fighting Aldo, I think he'd have a, a chance of knocking him out quickly. Aldo's taken a lot of damage, um, especially in that in that last Mendes fight. And I know Mendes got rocked at the end of the first round and nearly knocked out, but I think he's a very good chin. <coughs> other than that. I think this is going to be a longer fight than people yeah. think. I think it's going to be three or four tough rounds at least, and it's. I don't know how it's going to finish it, but I don't know. I think I, I, I think I'm slightly favouring McGregor at this stage. I was on the radio down your neck of the woods last week, Sean, and I I'm said, not the fuck, Clark, the fuck." Yeah, well, still. Well, I, when I, I say your neck, when I say your neck of the woods, I mean the south Grant. of Ireland. Grant. The sunny southwest. Perfect. There you go. I like Cork. Um, Cork is an all right place. I'll give it that. I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I've been a few times. Yeah. The the one thing about it though is that I completely agree with you. And what I said was that I think the McGregor Mendez fight is a tougher fight for Connor in the point of view that Mendez won't go down as easy or won't be able to be finished as easy as I thought Aldo would, who's had a long tired career. A lot of wars, a lot of hard weight cuts, and you could see the depletion in Aldo, if you want to say, over the last couple of fights. While still looking good, world class, and undoubtedly at the top of his game, he was getting hit a lot more than often. He was getting dropped, he was getting hurt, sort of thing. And even if you go back all the way as far as the Hominic fight, you saw in fourth and fifth rounds, Aldo took his foot off the gas a little bit, maybe didn't have the conditioning to keep going. The Chad Mendez fight, as you said there, the the highlights that they showed of Mendez last night on ESPN Sports Center were pretty much all of him hitting power doubles or land yeah or land yeah or landing big shots on the ground. The video that Connor or that was posted of Connor with his wrestling coach last week, you saw his style of um, his style of sprawling and his style of countering wrestling, and it, you, there is a big jujitsu influence in it between. Overhooks, underhooks, and using frames. I know John Cavan is a big, big fan in jiu-jitsu anyway of using frames. Um, <clears throat> you see Connor. The way Connor is going to stop Mendez, I think, is going to be sw constantly swimming that right hand, that right forearm under Chad Mendez's chin, and using his good posture, the whole gorilla back stance, to try and bring him back up to the feet, as opposed to sprawling down and maybe getting into a scramble position where. Uh, from Turtle where Chad Mendez gets a leg 
I think it's all going to be very methodical, very Gunnar Nelson-like grappling from Conor McGregor in this fight. And if he does sprawl one of his takedowns, we're going to get to make endless jokes about resting his balls on his forehead. Whatever, yeah. And whatever happens in this fight, at least now the fucking wrestling question is answered. Oh, Everyone can God. just shut up. Even if he, lo- I don't care. Like if he loses or if he wins, look, it's answered. So just shut the fuck up. Like people think if Conor McGregor loses, it's going to be the end of days. That's it. He's gone. He's gone off the planet. That's it. It's over. No, no. Conor McGregor, if he loses, he'll fight again. He'll fight someone else and he'll come back. There's two. Like Frankie Edgar and Chad Mendes are the only like top wrestlers in that division. If his fatal flaw is wrestling, like everyone says, they're the only two people who can still beat him. There's nobody, well, maybe Jose Aldo as well, but there's nobody else apart from them. So, like, Conor McGregor's not going anywhere. Like, I don't know what people expect. Yeah, this isn't a loser leaves town match. Exactly. This isn't the W, this isn't fucking Triple H and Daniel Bryan. Like, this is fucking, it's actually insanity. Oh, his, his whole thing is going to be over. No, look, Frank Edgar lost three title fights. Of his last seven fights or whatever, and he's still everyone's like roaring for him to get a title fight. I saw someone suggesting last night that he should get the winner of Brow and Dillashaw and go down and get that title fight. Yeah, like <clears throat> I that's not the worst idea in the world. Like, but like this insanity of if Conor McGregor loses one title fight that he's gone after the face of the planet. No, like Chad Mendes has already lost two title fights and he's fighting at the weekend. Uh, it, it, it honestly it, ba- it battles me the way people like I know there's a lot of new fans and stuff as well and they, they talk about it this way like I, as we say with this people calling Aldo a pussy and people looking for Aldo McGregor to be on in the three arena people people kind of just don't know about stuff like this sometimes like and if any like the hardcore fans listen to this they know and after a few years you kind of you get to realise UFC promise things and they don't deliver and they promise things just to get things high they're your stuff stepfather like we're going to pack out Dallas Cowboy Stadium. We're coming to Krog Park. We're coming to um, Brazil to do two stadiums. Remember that? Remember that? They said they'd do three stadium shows in Brazil in 2015. Remember that? Yeah. None. They've done none. They fucking haven't been even close to one. They're bullshitters. Like. But they, they just say these things. They get things hyped up. But, uh, get, yeah, your ov- get, your, get your oven mitts on. Sean Sheehan is giving us some hot takes here. With that on a tangent there, go on, bring me back anyway. What are we talking about? But as like as one good point that was raised during the week on my Facebook page about Aldo not taking the fight, <clears throat> Triple H hit The Undertaker with a sledgehammer at WrestleMania 17, and The Undertaker right. still managed to win. So Jamie maybe- Noble. Jamie Noble last week on Raw, Brock Lesnar broke three of his ribs. Yeah. And he came back this week and he was on Raw again. And he put up a message about Jose Aldo on Twitter. Did he? Yeah. What's his name? It's like a picture of Jamie Noble, like like a stock picture of him leaning on a car, being yeah. like, hey, look, Jose, I'm still here. <laughs> what a grip. Like, I got to repeat that. What a grip, man. Jamie Noble, king of, king of all rednecks. Okay, well, what do you think? Who are you picking, Sargon? You made me give my pick. Who are you picking? Um, I do think Connor can beat Chad Mendes. I don't want to get down to the whole, oh, but he wasn't training for a wrestler. I think SBG and that whole team have made it pretty clear that they don't train first, but they've made that pretty clear since 2012. That they I think don't... that's bullshit. Do you? Yeah, I do think it's bullshit. And if it's not, it's fucking ridiculous because you have to prepare for the right people. Like, I, I think that John would study tape 
and yeah. notice what guys are good at and maybe working on that sort of thing but I think the way that they talk about it is in the clear cut oh you're fighting a wrestler so we need to have a load of wrestlers in the camp yeah I don't know like if you're preparing for Chad Mendes you should be preparing a lot differently than if you're preparing for Jose Aldo like you're I know they talk about they don't game plan and stuff and I find that very hard to believe like if it's true I'd be it's a bit worrying like but I don't I, it's surely not true and I think it isn't true because they look they say these kind of things to get people after a game and stuff like do you remember um the, how uh, them after the, the first round of the Dina Siever fight John Cavanaugh taught him like stop throwing that that um roundhouse kick or whatever it was uh, the last the head. He, he, he kept, yeah he kept um it was going over he kept ducking it yeah so and he was like that was obviously part of the plan to throw that he didn't just come out and start throwing it. like they obviously have like a set game plan they're going to stick there I, well it, not really a set game plan they're going to stick there but like a game plan you should kind of go by like if you're fighting against Chad Mendes you're not going to be like kicking him to the body as much as you would Jose Aldo or something like that because Chad Mendes is going to try to catch onto a leg and, and get you like that you try to kick him high or kick him low maybe but um yeah like I know they do like John Cavan and Conor McGregor and all the fighters they, they have game plans coming in and I don't believe this for a second like it's they prepare so they can beat all styles that's kind of what they're getting at I think that's pretty true they prepare that way but in each camp like I think it is it'd be a bit mad if they didn't prepare for what's up in front of them so although Conor has said like all along that he thinks um, Aldo was going to pull out and that he was going to get replaced and he knew he knew very well that um, eventually he was going to fight a wrestler anyway so he's been preparing for a wrestler yeah. so um, yeah, it I is, is going to be good that we're finally getting this question out of the way yeah. um, good news though Sean we will be able to do a podcast next week from Vegas Oh, will we? I got a new MacBook Pro. Oh, yes, very good. And guess what also is on it? What? Windows. D- uh, what? Yeah. Oh. You can boot Windows up uh, when you're starting it up. Sweet. The guy I what? bought it off had it installed. Which Windows is it? Windows 8. Ah, uh, the worst Windows. Yeah. Terrible. Well, Windows- glass Windows would be my worst Windows. <laughs> Windows 10 is coming out in uh, the 27th of this month, I think. And it looks crap, does it? No, it looks good. It doesn't have this. No, it has the start button. No, like Windows 8 doesn't have a start button. Windows 10 does. There's no Windows 9 for some reason. Well, there was, anyway. there, was there a Windows 7? There was, yeah. I have Windows 7. I'm was on there a right a Windows now. 6? No, there was Windows XP before that, I think. So they're just. They've no real uh, structure to their life. Not really. I think they had. A, they were planning on a Windows 9, but then they just said, fuck it, we'll bring it Windows 10 out again. Skip one more. Yeah, exactly. Well. Another high-profile casualty, but this time for an Irishman. Dave Allen left the UFC during the week. What the fuck was that about? I've no idea. Like, <laughs> so that's it. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't. Because... You, know, uh, <laughs> you know Dave Allen better than me. Like you talked to him, you're great for buddies with him and everything. Like I don't think any of us saw coming. Like we were talking, or you or whoever the lads were talking to him, like a couple of days before he went out about. Uh, hinting uh, what what the announcement today was going to be about UFC Dublin and stuff um, I never saw it coming at all Like uh, I thought he was doing a pretty good job um, I don't know no statement it, has been released yet oh, I, I did text him afterwards just saying is it true and he said yeah and I said sorry to hear that and he's like thanks very much for everything so I didn't want to pry and ask 
blah 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 what was the story going on hopefully we do run into him in the future you can't deny that he was thrown in at the deep end in a sport yeah. that he knew absolutely nothing about and um, he was Gary Cook's friend that was brought in to shore up the UFC UK division did such a good job Gary Cook left and Dave Allen was appointed as the natural successor learned on his feet a lot in terms of the job in terms of the stuff that he had to do and you could argue was a pretty good influence maybe on some of the television deals because he's worked with <coughs> Sky Sports and stuff in the past you know they were doing the stuff with Pick TV and 3 and stuff like that so I guess nothing really to see what's going to happen although I'd be less confident of EMEA expanding next year without someone like Dave Allen who had a good run at it had a six month run at it and had plans for the next year or two sort of thing so oh yeah. well but I have difficulty replacing him like the only thing I can think of like I, I don't really know, but like he, usually guys in that position, they're kind of very quiet, you know, and we don't really hear much of him like that, that, what's his name, Tom, I can't think of it, the Canada guy, he, he does interviews every so often, like when events are coming up and stuff, but I don't know, maybe Dave Allen, like he courted a lot of interviews and stuff, he was like doing interviews every week and stuff, and I think the UFC like guys to be quiet, like that's probably not the reason for it, but... That's the only thing I can think of. Sean like, speculates. I'm speculating, but like it's probably I have no idea. It could be personal reasons, it could be anything, but they'll have a tough job replacing him. Do you have anyone in mind? I know you said John Ferguson the other day, but I presume yeah, that, that was, was a joke. Of course that was a joke. <laughs> Jesus. And then people actually thinking Graham Boylan, which is a good segue into our next one, would get yeah. hired by the UFC. The man like in my opinion, too much conflict of interest to yeah, be there anywhere been, but, near that job like. Yeah. He could have given up those um, what are they called clients and to take a job like that would be a pretty good job he wasn't beyond the realms of possibility I don't think but yeah uh, it's definitely not happening now anyway after what happened this week but so one of the most asked questions on the podcast what's yeah. happening to cage warriors is now, now we answered know. we now know we it know. drop the knowledge they're coming back um, Graham Boylan announced it on the MMA hour with our good friend Ariel Hilwani on Monday that he had purchased the rights to Cage Warriors from, uh, I think it's an Abu Dhabi consortium or something on this. Um, it's somewhere in the Middle East anyway. Um, and he owned the naming rights. He, he actually spoke about changing the name, rebranding it, which I don't really think that's a good idea. I think Cage Warriors is like a good reputation. Like if it was Bellator or something, no, I wouldn't mind that because people kind of have a bad notion of Bellator if you change the name of that. But I think Cage Warriors is like a good name. People like it. In the MMA sphere anyway, maybe outside of it. Um, the whole cage thing is a bit uh, is a bit of a sore subject with some people. But yeah, um, he spoke about having two events for the end of the year. He didn't mention any places or anything. But he's getting a lot of things uh, <clears throat> up and running again. We saw it was a video posted it was more than it was a dim market is more than likely him so he does great work uh ian dean is obviously still there the matchmaker probably the best in the business around here but like how many fighters do they have left they're probably gonna have to go out and sign guys they're, they probably have still a lot but like the likes of arnold allen is gone um nicholas dalby is gone oh, they, they'll Patrick. be able to yeah they'll be able to I get guys in no problem they will yeah but yeah they probably will um the likes of Luke Barnett now. I don't think he's been signed yet, is he? He'd be a good guy to sign. I, I hope their first show, if they can make it. Dublin. Dublin. The 23rd of October. Have it in the Helix, the Friday before the UFC. And we'll, uh, we'll obviously talk about UFC Dublin in a, in a second. Uh, You're just obsessed with that, aren't you? 
Yeah, like it makes sense. Like people like me who are there, like Jeremy Potter's going to be over um, for for UFC Dublin. Like Bleach Report at your event, like that that could happen. Imagine the exposure you're going to get if he writes a story about your event, or like Ariel might be over. He'd probably go to cage where the night before if it was on in the locality. Like that's huge exposure. The, like two of the biggest uh, websites in the world, and of course, Severe MMA as well, the biggest. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, like the threesome everybody you know, wants. People, people will be there. Like people like me, it'll be a lot easier for. Like even if they don't do it, I, I hope like uh, Battlezone wanted him to do it because it'd be a great chance. Like I can't really get to those shows because I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to get to Dublin like every weekend, but. Because of work and stuff, but I'll obviously like for the UFC. And also, you're the other side of the fucking country. Why would you bother? Yeah, and I'm gonna be there that weekend. So like, if cage warriors don't do it, I hope Andy Ryan does it. I hope someone does it because I want to go to uh, one of those local shows. I'd love to do it. Go. I think that's an idea we should try get started. Yeah, definitely. Using the power of Sean Sheehan's two thousand seven hundred and something followers. Paddy Pimblet. Paddy Pimblet needs to be on one of those cards, whether it's the Friday or the Saturday. I want to see Paddy Bimbler. You just have a bit of a man crush on Paddy Bimbler these days. He's great. He's deadly. I love Paddy Bimbler. That's not a bad idea about Cage Warriors, I have to say, on the front. Now that, you, now that you've sold it to me like that, I'm definitely in favour of that. Great work. Thanks. And just think of the, the add-on, like the fans that would fly over, or the fans that are already flying over for it. Why not that, get a fight in on the Friday night? Like, you're going to pack out the Helix, like, or even the... Maybe, the, is it the basketball arena, the one that 3,000 people... Yeah, but the Helix would be a better one, I think, because it's in the city. The National yeah. Basketball Arena is out in the middle of Tala. Like, right. That'd be tougher to get, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. they should do it. I'd, like, I'd be there with bells on anyway. And you won't take any royalties, I believe. Your, your, attor- your attorney, three, Super Callow, is in charge three, of that. Three, exactly, yeah, he'll negotiate. I won't throw out any figures there at the moment. I'll let him negotiate for me. Graham Boylan, give me a call. Get on to me. Get on to him. So there we go. Last night as well, the UFC unveiled their new kit in the first ever UFC fashion show. All the stars were looking lovely, and who was wearing what, Sean? Oh, well, well there's three different. <laughs> well, they were, well, they were wearing Reebok, Andrew. Reebok, And yeah. not much else. There's three different kits. Just let me bring it up here because I've totally forgotten because We've there's so much the stuff We've got the Muay Thai. We have... The board shorts, they've pretty much done everything. Everything. There's End the champion's sarcasm. Kit. End scar- sarcasm. <laughs> There's the champion's kit, which is black and gold. Which looks cool. Rouse's yeah, one nice. looks very good. That, they are nice. There's the country kit, which you saw Conor McGregor wearing, which is kind of a bit shit. And there's the universal kit, which I can't even remember what that looks like. Oh, that was like the one Johnny Hendricks was wearing and stuff, which is grandest. I don't think they're that bad, in fairness. They're not great. Like I, I, w- I wouldn't wear them myself. Um, I don't think many people wear them. They're like they're the sort of stuff. Like if you're thinking who's who's gonna buy those stuff, like who's gonna buy a UFC jersey? Full kit wanker. <laughs> this is gonna be like mammies and like sisters and girlfriends looking for uh, Christmas presents to buy lads that went to like a Conor McGregor fight and they think they're they love MMA and stuff and they're gonna oh like that fella likes that cage fight and let me look up the UFC oh the you can buy a Conor McGregor jersey. I'll buy him one of them for Christmas or his birthday or something. That's what. That's the people who are gonna buy him. Like, I can't see anyone else. Like, ugh, which what MMA? Like, any like respectable? Uh, okay, that's not respectable. Might be a bad word. I might be offended the listeners, but like, there's a shitload of MMA fans that will buy T-shirts. And like, 
I'm not shitting on them or anything. Like, fair play to him. You're helping the fighters. Like, and as I said yesterday, $19 out of the, that $95 will be going directly to the fighter. Well, uh, taking away the, the cost of production or whatever. So, like, if you do buy them, you're helping the fighters. So, these fighters like Tom Lawler are coming out, like, shitting all over the, their, their kits, saying that they're terrible if you buy them, you're stupid now. You're an idiot if you spend they're $95. Idiot, like, yeah. But he's the idiot. It, it's costing him money, like. If they, someone buys his... But... His, um, go on. There's an alternative. Did I not yeah. read that last night? Oh, Jesus Christ. Armbar Apparel. Oh, what, oh, no, what's that? I didn't see that. Jeremy Botter tweeted it last night, um, who also probably sent in the best question for this week's podcast. Definitely, we get to that. Um, let me just go through it. It was something... Uh, it was something like it's a pro wrestling website that pro wrestling tees and this is a and a side of them and fighters can make and design their own shirt they'll produce it and sell it for twenty dollars and the fighters get eleven seven to eleven dollars of every t-shirt there's a reason though why fighters are fighters and not designers as well though well like if the fighters had an input in the the reebok stuff then yes i completely agree with you (laughs) but have you seen josh barnett's stuff like he tweeted yesterday absolutely hideous like, did you see like Tito Ortiz all his stuff all through the years are just disgusting tap out stuff most of it is rotten oh out. yeah like metal militia and like you, UFC yeah. fans have historically worn some of the most garbage gear yeah, have, ever yeah. produced in clothing so the when you're wearing maybe I don't know are we going to have a revival of Reebok the same way loads of no. Idiots are wearing Fila and Elise t-shirts now again because they think they're buzzers. Maybe. Do you know what a buzzer is, yeah. Sean? Um, Bray Wyatt says that. It's like, no, go on, tell me. No, I don't think Bray Wyatt means people that take pills, like, but whatever. Oh, I get it. Oh, Do you know, yeah, like, okay. I beat that. Like, yeah, no, it, buzz, yeah. it seems to be the cool thing now to dress shit. Do you know, like, wearing old 90s agree. football jackets and stuff yeah. like that. I don't agree with her like that. I think they're just shit. Like, they're not cool shit. <laughs> oh, well, then... So. Sorry about that. The, like the biggest problem with this is people losing money with their sponsors and stuff. Like that, that's the worst part about it. Um, but hopefully. then you have the Lorenzo Fertitta argument. Jose Aldo going mad about all of this sort of stuff. He was offered a deal from Reebok to become one of their signature uh, athletes, and Venom stepped up and paid him more. Oh yeah. And more. now Venom can't be Venom can't be seen in the octagon, but they still he's a brand ambassador. So he's still sponsored by Venom, he just can't wear it in the octagon. So yeah. now this is, like, I kind of agree with Lorenzo that the market is changing so that they're going to have to, managers pretty much, it's just put managers up shit creek here. Yeah, now, time, now they're going to have to find a way how to get their clients out. Like, okay, someone like Shane Howell is, is not going to be in any magazines. You're not picking on Shane Howell. Uh, he's just the first generic fighter that comes to my head <laughs> instantly. But a good manager could get someone like Giblert Melendez, a big. Uh... <laughs> Giblert. Out of the park! <laughs> Giblert has his own shirt anyway. He's making money off of uh, Reebok. Giblert Melendez. <laughs> no, and Mr. Giblert Melendez is going to get all these checks in his door from Reebok and he's not going to know what's going on here. Uh, Giblert should have got the title shot against McGregor. He should have been oh, in there from Belt. Without a doubt. Or Josh Koscheck <laughs> being on the Reebok store as well. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of Josh Koscheck, what do you think of that? He's gone over to Bellator. Yeah, well, there's two two ways of looking at it. Josh Koscheck's lost five in a row, so his market value is probably at absolutely the lowest it can possibly be. But 
I think he's right about what he says. I think he's right that more fighters are just going to fight out their contracts and become free agents and probably go to Bellator. The UFC don't have time to promote and build up stars anymore because they're doing four, three or four shows a month under pressure to fulfill a TV deal or broadcasting commitments. It's not like the old days where it would be build up fighters and different stuff like that. Now that Bellator, there's no sponsor tax and you can wear whoever you want. Like, one of Dana's uh, reasons for the Reebok kit being good yesterday, and this is the last bad thing I'll say about what Dana said in those interviews. He said something like, you see guys with their logos on their shorts and they're hanging off on fight night. Now we've taken the worry out of their lives and all their gear is just going to be waiting there for them when they get to the arena. And I, I genuinely don't think I've ever seen a sponsor hanging off someone's short in the UFC. Yeah. Um... But Josh is right. I can see it happening. I can see more guys running their contracts down, get more money in Bellator. Even if they're get, they'd probably get better purses as well. A guy like, um, who was it that was very vocal about the Reebok deal? Uh, put the picture, uh, the sh- Ryan Jimmo? No, took the picture of the shoes in the bin. Oh, oh, uh, Miles Jury. Miles Jury. He's a guy that's. Let's say if he's on sixteen and sixteen in the UFC, he's worth thirty six and thirty six to Bellator, I think, or thirty two, thirty two to Bellator, as well as being able to get all his sponsors. I don't know. I think they're more likely to go for like cross checks. I think uh, Bellator has kind of turned into the MLS uh, of MMA. It's like the or the TNA, the, the Frank Lampards and the Steven Gerrard lads that are absolutely finished and their legs are gone. That was just a, a, a dig. A, a dig at Steven Gerrard there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna go to Bellator. Like Phil Davis is kind of different. I suppose he's not really like that. He still has a bit of life left in him, but he's kind of like the Clint Dempsey. Like he. You thought he'd get to the, a higher level, maybe, but it never really worked out for him. He was good, like, but not great, and he just went over there. Um, who, uh, who else is there? Like Kimbo, Ken Shamrock, all the really old timers. Like Ken Shamrock is the Steven Gerrard of MMA. Like we all know that. But um, uh, Josh Koscheck apparently is only there for one fight. He's only one fight deal, and apparently that's going to be against Paul Daly. So like one big money fight against Paul Daly, and then retire. That's okay. I, if I'm Josh Kaschek, I'm fairly happy with that. Get a get a hundred hundred grand or a few hundred grand or something maybe. Um, be great, yeah. So you can't fault him. He's like they were giving him tough fights in the UFC. Uh, they wanted to match him with Neil Magny there at one stage, which like I like that matchmaking and stuff. But like when you're Josh Kaschek, the guy that's been a, like tough one veteran, been there since the very start, had a lot of fights got his fucking face bashed in against GSP like that's not exactly the type of fight you want at that Twice. in your career yeah that's not the fight you want so fair play to him he go over and earn his money in Bellator and, and retire yeah. a little bit better off than maybe he would have retired had he stayed in the UFC indeed but fair play there, were, there were fights last weekend as well was there? there was it seems like a fucking age ago but like there was only one fight that matters YOLO YOLO and Romero, YOLO and Romero. Okay, before we get to the gay Jesus, the fight, what did you think of the fight? Uh, I think it was very sad to watch. Uh, it genuinely was something that we predicted, Leoto Machida winning a round and then fading in front of our eyes before being sent to sleep. Yeah, I'm not even sure he won the round, did he? He kind of, he kind of just stayed away. Um, I was talking I was on Tommy Dawes. That small cage fucks yeah. him up. I was on Tommy Dawes' podcast there on Sunday and John Hackleman was on as well and I was like, 
I kind of made the point that um, the Automachitas, he looked defensively good and stuff in the first couple of rounds. He wasn't getting hit that much. And John Hackman kind of came back with, like, he just, he looked so bad offensively that he kind of had to look good defensively because, like, he wasn't throwing anything that would get him caught or anything. So that was actually, like, a great point. But, uh, yeah, it was just a matter of time before Romero was going to catch him. And it was... All it took was one shot, really. Like, the first hard elbow Romero hit him with, he was gone. And, like, I spoke, I was very vocal about it. We spoke about it on the podcast last week. 70 days out of the cage after getting a ferocious, ferocious beating against Luke Rockhold. His skull literally smashed off the canvas. Coming back 70 days later, it's a fucking, it's a travesty. And things like that shouldn't happen. I, like, I, I, I wasn't okay watching that fight, and I knew it would happen. And then it did. I um, what do you think is next for the Automachita? I don't want like Retire. I don't want this gym fighting in the next year at least. Anyway, well, he's suspended indefinitely. Yeah, but that's and although although you can you can look at it from the argument that the Automachita can still hang around in the UFC for a couple of years, be a gatekeeper and beat guys looking to get into the top ten or the lower end of the top ten. He's never going to get up towards title contention again. But is that actually what you want to see? Yes, he can do it, but at what further risk to his health? I think that's really the discussion that we should be having and the way we should be looking at it with a lot of these fighters that are starting to get knocked out later in their careers. Is it worth two or three more paydays that you start losing your mind in your 40s or you start slurring your speech in your early 50s or the opposite way around? No, it's not worth it at all. Get out, Get in and get out as soon as you can. Once you start not racking up them concussive building KO losses, like get the fuck out of there as quick as possible. Yeah, I think I think you should have one more. Some people are fighters and they don't know how to do that, and it's fighting is all they know how to do. And it's it's sad. Like I don't want to see him coming back. I don't want to see him come back for at least eight or ten months anyway. I, I'd like to see him give it a year and then come back. I, I think I don't think he I don't think it's time for him to retire yet to be honest. I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Bisping or Dan Henderson or someone like that in a year's time. And if he was to get knocked out against someone like that, then it's obviously time to, to hang him up. But I think he might have a little bit left in him. As you say, I don't think he's gonna get to title contention anytime soon. But um I think the other are um Yoel Romero might. I after watching that fight Yo, the, first thing, the first thing that went through my head was this guy's the best middleweight in the world. Like we speak about Chris Weidman so often, there's kind of there's something missing with Chris Weidman. You're just not sure about him. I don't think there's anything missing with Yoel Romero. I, I like. I think he's the best. I think he's destined. And he's a cheater. Yeah, Chris Weidman and beat him. Why is he a cheater? The stool incident. That's not. How was that? That wasn't his fault. The man just stood in the stool. Sat in the, sat in the stool even. Tim Kennedy deserved that. Fuck him. <laughs> Look, Tim Kennedy came out for the third round. He touched gloves with Yoel Romero and he got knocked the fuck out. Case closed. Job done. Job done. I but, still think Jacare and Romero is the fight you make next. Yeah, yeah, you and have I to. I think Jacare wins that. Although I do feel sorry for Jacare because undoubtedly he just deserves a title shot at this stage. Uh, yeah, I'd say, yeah, he actually probably does. Like, those two Chris Camozzi fights didn't really help him when uh, there was pullouts against him, but. Yeah, I think Rockhold and Rockhold and Whiteman's gonna get made now. But yeah, if you put Romero and Jacker together, is that gonna be in Calgary? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Fucking New York as well. We just I we won't even talk about that. Can I throw a prediction in? 
Go on. Conor McGregor will fight Jose Aldo for the belt this year. It'll be in Australia. Which will oh, sicken yeah. Peter Carroll no. even more that we don't have to go to fucking Vegas. We have to go to the other side of the world instead. I don't, I don't think that'll happen. I but, think so. Well, we'll get back to McGregor with the questions in a second. Just last thing before we get to the questions. Did he say gay Jesus or did he say for, forget Jesus? I think he said don't no forget Jesus because why would he say no for gay Jesus his English isn't very good and stuff I think he, he probably said I'm about 70% sure he said no forget Jesus but I think I think the point is what was his larger point like yeah. what was he talking about it was like the day after that gay marriage had been legalised in America or whatever it is um like I think that's what he was getting at, and he did not like people were saying he cleared it up in the post fight press conference. He didn't. He's fuck. He just made things worse. Talking about Mary Magdalene being a prostitute, so he made absolutely no sense. And I know there's a language barrier there, but he got his he got it translated and stuff, and he still made no sense. And I think he was trying to backtrack. He was trying to get away from what he was actually saying. Yeah. I think UFC warned him not to say anything. So I don't know. Look, he's freedom to say whatever he wants to say, and I have freedom. freedom. We are uh, people also have freedom to say that's kind of a shitty thing. So yeah, yeah, he's an idiot. Put it that yeah. way. Yeah, in the cage after your fight, most impressive victory of your career. Not the time to go on about how gays shouldn't be allowed to marry. Yeah, like this god shit as well. Just stop that shit, please, fighters. Don't talk about God. Nobody gives a shit about that anymore. Like it's a fake man in the sky. Just stop that shit. God please. and flags. <laughs> what? Flags? Me? Have you never heard of a flag? <laughs> no. Nor- Northern Ireland thing. Oh yeah. Because the way that there's British flags up north. Oh yeah, yeah. Some people they call it the way and the way Northern Ireland people speak they're like flag, F L E G. It's like that's and that's another thing. Like Jesus Christ. As far as I know, like I mean this in the nicest way possible. With Bama coming to the three arena and a couple of guys from the north fighting. I genuinely hope none of them are stupid enough to bring a Northern Irish flag down and to into the three arena. And I mean that in the... Like, I do not give a fuck about it. I live on yeah. the border. I, I'm in the north just as much as I'm in the south. I don't care about any of that shit. But there are people that do. And if you bring a flag like that down, it's almost like you're antagonizing trying to be the victim. You know, it's like, oh, well, I'm just representing myself. But you're representing yourself in a place that you shouldn't be doing it. Because you, like, you should take a moral high ground. You should, it'd be, I don't know, the equivalent of walking into the Man, Man City away fucking ground area of Old Trafford in a full United kit. Like, do you know what I mean? You, you are allowed to do it because you're allowed to do whatever you want. You, but you don't do it because it's stupid. Yeah, I think Bama, like, if they're any good, they'll cut that out before it actually yeah, like before it gets into the arena or anything like you fair enough you have your beliefs or whatever but like you don't want to cause a story either like just for, like these political divides and stuff they should be kept away from sport and religion and I've, I've always said that like it, sport is supposed to like take your mind off of all this shit and get away from it so yeah I agree with you on that one so there you go right questions with Facebook this week as well I put it up on Facebook and people came back Niall Ormond what pay-per-views do you think pay-per-view pay, 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 pay buys do you think Aldon versus McGregor would have done compared to Mendes versus McGregor I genuinely believe they would have got close to a million 
750,000 for Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo would have been the minimum I'd have expected. Conor McGregor versus Chad Mendes is a big one. There have been no clear-cut indications that Conor McGregor is an actual genuine draw on pay-per-view because 178 wasn't that overwhelmingly great. The Fox Sports numbers were good, but will the free television numbers correlate into a good pay-per-view buy, especially now that the champion has gone out? I'm going to say anything under 500,000 will be bad for the UFC and Conor McGregor to see where he is as a marketplace for the pay-per-view. But then again, Conor McGregor has proved people wrong and wrong time and time again in the UFC. I would not be shocked in the slightest if this fight with Mendez did 750 as well. Yeah, I think Aldon McGregor would have done 1.1 or 1.2 million. I think it would have broke the million. I think this will do between 7 and 8 maybe well maybe between 6.50 and 8 maybe around there uh, I, th- I think McGregor's the draw like who's who's tuning in for Ch- Jose Aldo they're, sh- they're tuning in for McGregor and now they're tuning in for McGregor to answer the wrestling uh, question so if the UFC can get the finger off they can promote this well market it as this is McGregor answering the res- wrestling question it, it could be big and I think if McGregor wins this fight it's going to make the Aldo fight so much bigger because that, those questions are answered. Like coming into the Aldo fight, people are like bitching and calling about, oh, he hasn't faced the top fight. Well, he's faced top fight, but he hasn't faced the top wrestler. And he's all passing over uh, Mendes and Edgar. Well, that talk will end if he beats Mendes and make the next fight even bigger. So, yeah, I, th- I think this one will still be pretty big. I think Conor McGregor is, he's the draw. And you lose a bit, but I don't think you lose that much. Um, there you go. There was a lot question. of questions this week. There was loads. Another one from Anthony Moore there on um, Facebook. Uh, does the McGregor Mendes fight deserve to be for the interim title, and is it purely because they can headline it over Lawler and McDonald? Yes. <clears throat> no, and yes. I am not on the opinion that it should be for a title. DFC are understandably annoyed that this this fight has fallen through and it is from my side looking in call a spade a spade whether they think it's a good thing or a bad thing they want to put a belt on McGregor they want him to be able to market him Um, I saw a very funny tweet yesterday from uh, Ryan Loco and it was something like so guys just for shits and giggles this is what a title belt will look on one of the UFC athletes wearing Reebok for example, Conor McGregor. <laughs> so there's that element of it. I do think the UFC realise what a star he is and why wouldn't they want to put a belt on him? Like, Why wouldn't they want him fighting for titles if he's going to make them so much money and make himself so much money? Sorry. Yeah. <coughs> but the opposite side to that is Jose Aldo last fought six months ago. Now, I could buy Dana White's oh, he's pulled out on, of five title fights in the past excuse if they had have mentioned how many title fights he's pulled out of before in the past instead of just bringing it up as a reason now to make an interim title? I think um, they're purely having the interim title so that so McGregor they can, can see McGregor in the headliner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But I think the interim title actually benefits Chad Mendes more than it benefits McGregor. Say if McGregor wins, look, even if there was no interim title, he's going to be next for Aldo anyway. We cannot, like, everyone knows that. Fair enough. If 
Minnes beats McGregor, and there was no interim title there. Frank Edgar could easily get in there. Say Frank Edgar beats Holloway, even if he doesn't fight next. Like, people want him to get the fight now. And people just saw Mendez get beaten by Aldo. So, like, if, Min if Mendez has the interim title, he's obviously going to get the next shot. So it actually benefits him more than it benefits anyone else. So people complaining about they want to give Conor McGregor the, the, the uh, interim title, fair enough. But, like... It actually doesn't benefit him as much as it benefits uh, Chad Mendes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Men, it's Mendes's easiest way to another fight with Aldo, in his yeah. eyes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we've had this question from about a thousand people. Uh, I see it there from Shane Stanley on Facebook. We've had it from a shitload of people on Twitter as well. UFC Dublin. What are your thoughts on it? Who's going to headline? Why is everyone talking about UFC Dublin? Did I miss something this morning? Uh, yes, I think there was an old little announcement there about UFC Dublin. I was asleep. Coming back. 24th of October, the Trina. I, uh, I thought it was going to be Croke Park, Andrew. What happened? I don't know, Sean. I thought it was going to be Conor versus Aldo there. Uh, anyway, great news <laughs> for Irish MMA fans. The event last year was brilliant. I don't know. Did you get the press release that the UFC sent out this morning? No, the fuckers never send me the rest of They will be getting a phone call from Super Callow. Also, up? my attorney. Joe Carr, vice president of International for UFC, commented Ireland has been such an important market to the UFC, and we couldn't let another year go without delivering another spectacular event for the fans in the capital. We're looking forward to showcasing both local and international talent at the event and hopefully getting the decibel counter higher this oh. year around. Not a mention of the innovator. The McGahan mm. decibel counter. That's what that is now known as from here on forward because there would have been no decibel measurement in there if it wasn't for this guy. That's true. That is true in fairness. I'm, uh, I'm flipping the bird here. Stone yeah. cold. I'm on, my, I'm on my desk. I'm on the top. <laughs> don't 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 <laughs> I'm flipping out the window here. I'm smashing cans of beer here in your honour. Yeah. I don't think it'll be as loud this time because Conor McGregor won't be... Ah, um, uh, no, they will. It's, it still will. It still will. It'll no still be loud. It'll still be good, yeah. Who do you think is going to headline? So I know we've speculated about this for a long time. Neil Seary and Demetrius Johnson. Paul Redmond is calling for that, but that's not going to happen, I don't think, because um, DJ's fighting... Uh, what's his name? Mighty Mouse. Yeah. Arvan. Dodson. Dodson, yeah. That could be the headliner, maybe. See it. Don't know. Now that would be a take that. Take title fight. They they put a title fight. They put Joanna and uh, Jinjechek in. I'd rather Berlin. see Joanna Jinjechek fight in Dublin. So would I, but she's uh, well, uh, she's only up for four weeks. Something, yeah, she could come back. I'd love to see her fight in Dublin. They could give her Ashley the Oh no, she's not going to be next though. How do you get Elian and stuff? Uh, or um. Jessica Angular. But yeah. Do you know that's not a bad show that I just came up with there? Demetrius Johnson, John Dodson. There Could happen. Are. I think that would be Mike Hayes and DJ Linderman all over again. Really? You need, I, don't I think, think so. you need an Irish interest in that main event, or at least. Buddha. There's nobody. I know, or at least a, a higher weight class fight that will. Make, I get what you're saying. That will end in a knockout. Do you Marcus know that sort of thing? Marcus Davis, I get you, Andrew. The pioneer of Irish MMA, we're wheeling him out. He's coming back. The man that put Waterford on the map, Marcus, the Irish hand grenade, Davis. <laughs> grenade, I like it. Grenade. Yeah. He's continental now. He's worldwide. He's all over the place. Yeah. Oh, who do you think will be soft? It's an Irish interest. 
when I say either I I there was a slash in there, you know, like a forward slash. So Irish interest slash bigger weight division fight where there could be a knockout. Although, yeah. for example, best case scenario or best example I can give last year, Ian McCall. Uh, did he fight Brad Pickett? Yeah, excellent fight. Wasn't received well by the fans. No, it wasn't. One twenty-five pound division. What happens when you put Demetrius Johnson and John Don- John uh, John Dodson in the main event slot there? Maybe. What about thing. what about this? I know what you're gonna say. Go on. Crew cop. No. Oh. That's what I'm gonna say. What about Joseph Duffy against Norman Park in the main event? Oh. That was a moan of excitement. Yeah. What about that? I think if you're to do it with an Irish guy in the main event, I think you'll. Norman's better coming off do. the last though. He is, yeah, but Joseph Duffy's like further down the rankings than him. And I don't think that that really bothers them any that much anymore. But then you could argue, like, I I'd be okay with that fight happening. I have to admit, and it's a fight that I'd like to see again. But when it comes down to it, someone like Cahill Pendred is much more deserving of being on a higher up spot in the card, especially if he goes five and zero oh next week. Yeah, but like, I don't know. It is the excitement isn't really there with Cahill. He's kind of still coming into his own, you know. I I don't know. I don't think that'll be in a like. I think you want something that's going to excite the fans as well. I think Kyle will obviously be on the card. He could be coming in an event or the third fight or something. But unless he's fighting Wonderboy, he didn't, didn't have it, obviously, because Wonderboy is the best fighter in the whole world ever, and that'd be great. Um, yeah, but if it's not one of those guys, I think it's going to be someone like uh, Mark Hunt or Crow Cop or uh, Bisping, like Bisping Majida or something like that. Although hopefully Majida won't be back. But it, it's going to be someone like that. I like. If you're expecting Joe Zelda, Conor McGregor, if you're expecting Daniel Cormier or any of those, don't just stop thinking about that. That's that's not going to happen. Um, John, but, you mean the same John Jones whose Reebok t-shirt you can't buy on the website? That's the man. But what about uh, Gibbler and Melinda? Gibbler and Melinda is in the main Gibbert event. Again. Definitely. Yeah. I'm all for Gibbler main event in the Dublin, Dublin card. I agree. Anyway, the best question of the week that we got was... Jeremy Botter, your your friend and mine. What was it? Hold on, let me see it. Uh, who's more handsome, Luke Rockhold, Viola Machida, or Andrew McGavin? It's the burning question everyone wants to know. The hottest topic of Irish MMA. If I'm going at it from an impartial point of view, that Andrew McGavin guy definitely takes the cake. Oh, Jesus, I don't know. Like, I was looking at Leona there. I was picking out pictures to put up for the... Uh, but, Arsenal. Sean, you have to look at people's habits. He drinks piss. That's a good point. That is a good point. I haven't told anyone I drink piss. <laughs> Until now. Until now. Luke Rockhold seems a bit dim to me. I know you say he isn't, but I don't know. So I, you're saying I'm the overwhelming choice? <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I still go... Like, are you going on pure like looks? Are, if you're going on like pure aesthetics, I'd probably go with Machida. I must say... You but mean uh, aesthetics uh, like his body? N- Don't make me put a picture of my <laughs> stomach in the Severe May WhatsApp group. Because I'll do it. Do it. Okay, I'm not going to go any further than this. I'm picking Machida. You're picking minute. yourself no, Fuck you. I'm going to tag you in a post on Instagram. <laughs> get your phone out there. Literally, while we're on the air, get your phone out. Right I have minute. my phone. Go on. I just tagged you on Instagram. Sean Sheehan Ba. It's Sean posting. Sheehan, it's posting. Hold on. 
Oh yeah, in fairness now, you're looking well there now, I must Thank say. Thank you very much. I must say, you're looking well. And, and... <sighs> I don't know, you're fucking... Okay, I'll put you first, I'll go on. In, in order to kill this dead air while Sean is checking out the nice picture of, my, of me on my Instagram, uh, a reminder, if you're listening to this wherever, SoundCloud, iTunes, if you haven't already done it, please head on over to our Facebook page and give us a like. Organically grown... We're not one of these websites that spout up offering top Irish MMA coverage and suddenly get 8,000 followers within 30 <laughs> days on their Facebook and Twitter pages. We know you've bought them listen to our podcast. You're now exposed. But we're Fuck not you. giving you the publicity because that would Fuck get you. genuine hits on your website. Fuck you. We are like the Garden of Life, Dustin Parry's favourite sponsors, and Norman Parks. Completely organic here on Severe MMA through Twitter and Facebook so please get in touch on those things those channels start retweeting start sharing tell a friend your mother's favourite podcast etc etc Sean have we any questions before we go yes yes we've one or two more um, I will, I will allow Niall Fleming speaks about Aldo's drug test uh, he pulled out hours before July 1st when the drug testing comes in is that a coincidence uh, I think that is a coincidence um but I think say what you want to say Sean another shining light get the podcast sued <laughs> another shining light to this uh, fight being called off like Aldo fighting with an injury would have been bad like because it was a lose-lose situation for McGregor um, I think Aldo fighting with this drug test over his head I think that was bad as well like I'd rather everyone be drug tested randomly before the fight actually happened and Aldo wasn't so I think that was the thing that was truly hanging over his head and I think it was kind of forgotten by a lot of people uh, after he got injured so that's another good thing I haven't seen the test results come out yet a few people asked will they come out I don't know like these these fucking results are very vague like the rules I asked last night I asked a couple of people and nobody seems to know well Um, we're going to get the answer tonight Sean are we UFC conference call 189 oh not so bad. Hopefully we will. Um, but, yeah. Um, okay, a couple more before we go. Uh, if Mendes wins, do you think the um, Kieran Nuffin asks, do you think McGregor or Aldo fight will ever happen? Um, that's actually a very good question. Yeah. Because Aldo's winding down. In my opinion. And I could see him fighting Mendez and then getting out. That wouldn't shock me in the slightest. I've never thought of it that way. Because yeah. maybe if Connor loses this, he fights Frankie Edgar or something like that. Or he goes up to 155 instantly, going after the goal there. And then Jose Aldo. Oh. Yeah, that's that's a that's a brain scratcher. Yeah, I, I, I can't see the UFC not going out of their way to making that fight if Mendez beats Connor because of how hyped it was and how much interest there was in it actually happening. If Mendez beats McGregor, will Aldo even stick around? Like he could go straight up to one fifty-five. like he doesn't want to fight Mendez again. He beat him twice already. I, like I could see it happen. I could see him going up, and I could see um, Edgar and Mendez fighting for the belt then. Making Mendez's belt the real belt, like I know th- those things probably like that's kind of gone out on the limb to say it all will happen, but like I could see it happening. 
like Aldo has been vocal about not wanting to fight those the, to fight um Mendes and Edgar again. He like he said he was planning an announcement after the fight, which everyone thought it was going to be move up to 155. I thought if he beat McGregor, he was a certainty to go up because he no one else to to fight. But I thought if he beat McGregor, he'd retire. Uh no, I thought he maybe he could have. But I think he need, he needs that McGregor fight. Aldo needs that fight more than McGregor does because that's the money fight for him. Like if you're Jose Aldo, you're fucking praying that McGregor beats Mendes, so that money fight is still there. Like a fight against Mendes is not a money fight. You're probably looking at a third or less, even of the money you're getting from fighting McGregor. So does it ever happen? I'm gonna say it does. I'm gonna. Oh well, if if Mendes, yeah, I think it still happens. I think it's gonna happen. I like. I think we tend to write off these guys too quickly and say they're going to retire before they will. I think Aldo will be around for another while and I think he'll uh, he'll get to come around to fight McGregor even if he loses. Um, Talking about the new steroid thing the new drug testing policy Yeah. Not saying but just saying Go it's going to be pretty interesting seeing what guys move or wait no sorry let me rephrase that. Sean do you know the yeah. way the UFC are bringing in a new drug testing policy? I heard, yeah. On a completely irrelevant note, isn't it going to be interesting to see how many guys move divisions over the next year? Yeah, it probably will be, yeah. It'll be interesting. That just came to me there. I was um, going to say something about the drug testing policy, but I've, it's completely left my mind. Uh, there's something else as well that we... We want more question, but just before we get to that. The IVs, what do you think of that? Um, oh, that is bullshit. They're being taken away. McGregor and Aldo will be able to use them now. They've pushed back to the 1st of October. But they're taking away IVs. And look, these USADA rules are to cut down on steroid use. IVs are sometimes connected with steroid use. That you can have you can stuff bulk in the up. IVs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, it's not that. It's that you can bulk up and then cut a lot of water weight so that you... I don't know how... Like, I'm not a fucking nutritionist or whatever. I don't know. But there's, they're fucking... They're connected anyway. But um, I think combat sports, and especially MMA, is a lot different than other sports. I think people use it just purely to rehydrate. Even guys who don't take drugs, I think they use it as well. And I don't think it like I don't think it harms anyone. I think this weight cutting is fucking bad enough, and getting these hot guys as hydrated as they possibly can after that big fucking dehydration. I think that's about fighter safety, and I think this fucking this is terrible for fighter safety. I think it's awful. I think they need to change these rules. That should be the priority. Mm-hmm. First Definitely. and centre. Even guys in Ireland, like guys like Artem Lobov, I'm pretty sure uh, rehydrate with IVs. Yeah. I, I, like I could have been water. sure that Conor Height rehydrates with IVs as well. but uh, I heard someone saying he doesn't. Yeah, Jeremy put on Twitter that he doesn't. So I don't know what the story is. I, I'm nearly certain that he has in the past. Maybe he stopped it because they knew this was coming in and they wanted yeah. to get used to it. But pretty much by stock in Pedialytes, it's the same thing, but it takes longer and you won't be able to get up to it. Like someone like Cahill Pendron. I, I would say Cahill is on IV bags as well. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't it's, know. I th- it's I bad. I, I think it can affect, it's going to affect divisions that guys compete in. Um, and it could make them more like even then guys are going to do it and still fight thinking that they'll be okay you know they'll cut the same amount of weight and just not use the IV bags to get back up and then they're going to get knocked out because they're not enough fluid around their brains yeah I think it's a huge issue something has to be done about it okay last question from Jamie O'Keefe quite simply 
Is Mendes a tougher fight for McGregor than Aldo or is Aldo a tougher fight? Uh, well, we kind of talked about it. Sorry, I'm yawning a lot because it's so ridiculously early that you got me up at it. It's fucking 5 to 12 in the morning here. This is this is beyond a joke, Sean. Crack of noon. <laughs> the crack of noon and I'm already up two hours. Um, it depends what way you look at it. I think... Mendez is going to be a tougher fight in the aspect that he's going to be harder for Conor to finish but I genuinely think that Aldo's striking getting through his power would have been a tougher test for Conor to deal with mid-fight than what Mendez can bring to the table yeah I'm not one for these um, these wrestling question bullshit I, I think like Jose Aldo is a better fighter than uh, Chad Mendez and I think he's a harder fight like straight up just a harder fight for anyone in the world than Chad Mendes. I know there's a lot of this Styles May fight thing, but I think like Chad Mendes lacks where Jose Aldo is really good as well. And like Jose Aldo has good wrestling, he's good defensive wrestling, he's unbelievable jujitsu, unbelievable striking. I don't think you can say the same for uh, Mendes. Like he has good power strikes, but I don't think his technical boxing is that good. He's kind of he's a bit sloppy, although he's improved a bit. As John Kavanagh kind of keeps saying, he's learning boxing, and like that's a bit of trash talk, and I like I don't like getting into that too much. But he kind of is. He like he's definitely on the level of Aldo and McGregor. His wrestling is obviously very good, and he you don't see too much of his jiu-jitsu But yeah, I think Aldo is a tougher fight. Aldo is a better fighter than Mendez, and he's proven that twice. But um, yeah, border tough. And roll on July eleventh. Oh, and then we'll be over with it. Honestly, I want to just smash my phone into uh, into pieces, yeah. even now looking at it. And do you know the way you've you've people putting up statuses, uh, for example, on Facebook that it's like, oh, fans that haven't been around a couple of days and they're saying that Aldo's a pussy. It's embarrassing. And then you've got other people being like, I genuinely saw a status that said, I don't care if I've only been following the sport for a year. Aldo's still a pussy for not oh, taking the fight. Yeah. And I, do you know what the best invention is? Hide from newsfeed. Yeah, and mute button as well. I don't got a You're a big fan of the mute button. I love the mute button. It's my favourite. And the block button as well. They're the best. I was going to try find a way how to just mute you there completely. But I can't do it. I was <laughs> going to do it for a joke. But. So that's it. So Sean, this day next week, I will be in Las Vegas. I'll be in fucking sunny Limerick. Sunny again. Limerick. This is a heat wave here. I'm absolutely... Yeah, there's a heat wave in Ireland. Did you not know that? Well, there hasn't been any sun and loud for the last two days. It's kind of cloudy here, but it's fucking roasting. It's, what, 21 degrees now. Actually, funny, Jesus. funny, funny story to end the show. Yesterday yeah. wasn't overly warm, and one of my friends was going around acting like he was in a, in a desert. Like, I yeah. saying, it's roasting here, it's roasting. I said, it's not hot. Your body is just telling you that it's hot because you've been killing yourself on sunbeds. And then he said, yeah, but sure, look at me tan line. And then whips down his shorts in the middle of town <laughs> to show me his fucking how white his arse is compared to his uh, his stomach. And it's like, the, the, I'm telling you, Sean, I'm against him, but I'm going to come back from Las Vegas looking golden brown. Have My, you had your sunbed yet? What? No, of course. I, I told you, I'm not going to do it. And I, haven't, and I haven't done it before. And the fact that you suggested it on the podcast got me slagged before in the gym. <laughs> Someone wow. in the gym listened to it and they were like, You are looking very brown though. <laughs> I was like, Here, 
please do not start this. I've never oh. done a sunbed in my life. I won't do a sunbed. But I did get the haircut for Vegas. That's all right. I can accept that. You have to be looking fresh for Vegas. That's all that matters. And should main question: Should I take the suit? Oh, yeah. You have to be looking slick for a big title fight. But like you know, you know the suit I'm on about the na- the, yeah, the purple one. one. Yeah. But then people are just gonna be like, "Oh, McGregor! Oh, you're coughing, McGregor!" Like no one obviously talks like that. But yeah, but I'd say go without go without a tie. Just go jacket. Jacket and jeans. Go. And wear shoes as well, because people don't wear shoes anymore. Fuck I, off. Like, wear black shoes. Don't mind your fucking... Don't mind the tackies. Or the runners, whatever you call them. I like the runners. Yeah, but... You don't want people going around fucking saying, Oh, look, there's fucking Ariel McGann there again. You don't want people saying that, like... You have to be your own man. I hate shoes, like... And, like, no, Ariel wears extravagant. And, actually, no, Ariel doesn't even wear shoes anymore. He always has to wear proper... <laughs> He he goes barefoot. Now, <laughs> he has to wear proper shoes now in television. I've I've noticed it. I've seen it in person. He wears nice shoes now. I'm allowed to wear runners. I I will be wearing my New Balance four twenties. Yeah, I look. I had my say. I had gave you my advice. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. Give you my advice. We may or may not end up recording another podcast before we head off to Vegas. We might even record it in advance. We're going to do a big breakdown of UFC one eight nine extensively. We're going to talk more about Conor McGregor versus Chad Mendes. Cahill Pendred, uh, Gunnar Nelson, Neil Serial next week. If you want to get in touch with us before then, though, you can do so on Twitter, Andrew McGann underscore, at Sean Sheehan BA, or you can get onto the man who controls it all, at Severe MMA. Although he does have another Twitter account, but I think that was just for. Why? Why does he even. Ha- what are you doing? I'm just typing. Alright. Why does Graham right. even have a Twitter account? Uh, I don't know. He started it and then he just kept doing on severe. But he's Sever Emma anyway. He's oh, at yeah. Sever Emma. At Sever Emma. Yeah. Um on Twitter and a shout out as always to the most beautiful man in Blanchardtown at PT Carroll. I can't wait to take loads of selfies with him. This day next week we'll be in Las Vegas. But until then See you next week. <laughs>